superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have with me Dr. Allison Willette, and we are going to be discussing her project, Menopause, Unlocking the Secret to Aging with Grace and Dignity. I'm really excited to be diving into this conversation, this this end of the life spectrum that I haven't walked through yet. And so I'm grateful to have someone who has journeyed through that and who can support other women who are journeying through that themselves. And because I will too someday. So it's good to good to get the information early. Yeah, good head start. Absolutely. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Willette. She graduated from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon. She's also a registered nurse and practiced in Maine as a primary healthcare provider prior to moving to Massachusetts, where she now lives. She grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota and then earned her bachelor's degree in English from the College of St. Benedict. And after taking some time to travel, she later graduated from nursing school in Minneapolis. Dr. Willette worked as a nurse in four states and in a variety of specialties. However, after some time, she followed her heart and left nursing to study naturopathic medicine. Dr. Willette enjoys a life in Hadley, Massachusetts, where she has a practice and lives with her husband and two beautiful boys. And I'm so happy to have you on the show with us today. Thank you for for joining us to talk about this topic. I'm happy to be here. Right. So before we dive in, because I, I, I love, you know, what you have shared with me already about Project Menopause, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to you being able to share that with our listeners. But before we go into that, um, I would just love to hear what are your superpowers? Well, this is a difficult one, because my husband told me that my superpower is that I know when someone is going to vomit. <laughs> And as a nurse and as a mother, that was very, very helpful. Um, I don't use that skill quite as much now anymore. Um, But yes. And the other one is that I can go a long time without sleep. That's also from being a nurse and being a mother. I think now as a doctor, the superpower that I feel that I lean on and that I, I walk into the office with confidence, knowing that I can almost always relate with, to somebody. I, I feel like I can see where they are and together we figure out where they're going to go or where they want to go. And, um, and I've lived a variety of different lives. And so I feel that I can relate. Mm. Sometimes I can't, but most of the time I can. And that makes um, the doctor patient relationship um, very back and forth. I feel, I feel good um, being their doctor and, and I, I feel like I give better care that way. Beautiful. And, and so tell us a little bit about, by the way, I just want to say that you are the first person to come on the show and share that knowing that someone is going to vomit is your superpower. And I love that so very much. That is so (laughs) superpower. Um, I, so I want to hear more about, um, this project menopause and how it came into being. You were, you were sharing with me before the call, and I would love for you to just share with our listeners this beautiful story of your own journey. Um, I think we have a lot of cultural misconceptions about menopause and what that's supposed to look like and what's supposed to happen, or we just don't talk about it. Um, yeah. So let's talk about it. And I, yeah. can you tell us how, how this Project Menopause came into being? 
Um, Project Menopause started as um, something I called beautification project. And it was kind of a joke um, with myself, really. Uh, when you say beautification, I, you always think of landscaping and digging holes and moving mulch around. And that was kind of what I thought I was doing with myself was, <laughs> um, you know, uh, um, I decided to make some changes because I was feeling inadequate, kind of invisible. I felt like a gray smudge. Um, you know, uh, and, and then I was kind of losing myself and, and I was having these really strange symptoms that weren't in my mind, even as a doctor, I, I was just like, what is going on? And can you it, tell us, can you actually share with us what some of those symptoms are just yeah. in case there's someone out there listening who can relate? <laughs> right. Cause when you say menopause, everybody's like, Oh, hot flashes and irritability. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but there's, you know, an insomnia, but achy joints, like my hands, I felt like I was 90, mm. uh, with achy, achy joints. I was like, am I getting rheumatoid arthritis? And, and then my blood sugar was kind of out of control. And I was, I was um, exercising and running out of gas when before I hadn't been. And I was gaining weight in weird places that I hadn't been. And I was having panic attacks, not a full-blown nasty panic attack that I know some people suffer with. It was more like just these moments of sheer terror that would pass quickly and be followed by a hot flash. And turns out that that was just part of the hot flash. Um, but I didn't know that. And, and um, you know, it seemed coincidental. And then, oh, gosh, maybe these things are related. And the anxiety and a lot of depression. And, and these are all things that I had seen in um, in miniature when after I'd had my children. And so then it became apparent that some, and this isn't for all women, but some, I do tell women this is like, if you have some symptoms after you have had your babies, um, you may revisit those symptoms again, and that may be your menopause. And so that's where, you know, the postpartum depression is something to think about. And it's like, well, how do I prepare how do I prepare for that possibility? It doesn't have to happen, of course. But So here I was having some of these symptoms and feeling, realizing that I was in menopause. And I hit menopause a little early. I was in my uh, 45, which to me just felt too young. And I kept hearing myself saying, I am too young for this. And I'm too young for that. And, and this feeling of grief was very overwhelming. And so it all kind of came together. I was like, you know what? I'm not the only woman out here who has, has these atypical symptoms of menopause with all this emotional stuff. And, and I got nobody to talk to. Who can I talk to about this? So I ended up talking to a naturopathic doctor, colleague of mine. And she was incredibly helpful and helped me name it. You know, she said, this is your menopause and menopause is not a disease. And this is a process. And it affects every organ system. So then I started looking at my own practice as a naturopath and realized that I, I kind of wanted to create a program for women going through menopause because it does affect every organ system. And it isn't a disease. It is something that needs support. And there's a lot of emotion connected to it that we forget about. And, you know, you can make all the jokes you want about, about, being hot or you know the whatever phrase you want to use for for the hot flash and after a while it's not funny anymore it just sucks so that's where i am i wanted to i want to create a, i have a program that i've created to support women going through this and know that they have a community they're not alone and there's 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 things that you can do i love it so much and i really you know i'm all about 
talking. I think, I think as women, we, we have a gift of, of gab, you know, we're, we're able to talk about things. And yet culturally we've sort of fallen into this place where there's certain topics that we just don't talk about. And that's part of why I have this show and part of why I'm so happy to have you on the show to dive deeper into this and have a more of a conversation about it because I think we've lost a lot culturally in that, uh, you know, not only are we, we don't talk about things, but we're separated out in age groups. So it's so beautiful that you have a program for women going through menopause where you all can, can converse together about that process. And yet, you know, part of why I'm excited to have you on the show is because I'm nowhere near menopause yet. And yet it's valuable for me and it's valuable for listeners who might not be there yet to, to, to listen in and hear what's coming for us and, and what, how we can, how we can be in relation to that. And just having those cross generational conversations, I think is so valuable and so important too. So, um, so we've been talking with Allison Willette about Project Menopause, Unlocking the Secret to Aging with Grace and Dignity, and we are going to dive deeper into this topic. It's a, it's a really juicy topic, and I'm really looking forward to going deeper into it after the break. Before we go to break, um, Dr. Willette, will you please let everybody know where they can find out more about you and about this project? My business is called Good Sense Healthcare. My website is goodsensehealthcare.com. On that website, you'll see a tab for Project Menopause, and it, it explains it more thoroughly. Perfect. Beautiful. So again, we've been talking about Project Menopause, unlocking the secret to aging with grace and dignity, and more when we return. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we're back. Um, Dr. Willett, one of the things that you shared with me um, before we started the recording that I thought was just really powerful and I, I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about is is some of the this this piece of like losing your identity as a woman as you start to go through this process of menopause which then you know it's like there's it's there's almost this stigma around like menopause equals death to a certain part of you and it's like nursing home is next almost like it's cultural yeah. narrative right yes. so yes. like i would just i would love to hear you talk a little bit more about what that experience was like for you and and what you have found in supporting other women through this process. Well, I think one thing that my mother always said was damage is two words, damn age. And uh, that is what happens with menopause Mm -hmm. is all of a sudden you're showing your age. Whereas, um, you know, and, and you can color your hair and you can wear makeup and do all sorts of things. But at the same time, you still have more wrinkles. Your skin is changing. Um, your hair texture changes, even though the color may stay the same. 
because you color it, you know. So, so there's there's these changes, and it it really comes down to you're showing your age, and and now we are living, we live a long time, and coming into this crossroads, this middle age, so to speak, um, it's dramatic because up until this time, you were giving, you're putting out, you are a mother, you are a daughter, you are a sibling or a spouse, you know, you're putting out. Um, and now afterwards, you get to focus on yourself. And, and it's, it's a very different world to be on the other side. Now, granted, one thing that's difficult these days is women are having children later. So a woman who's in her menopausal years, you know, I should say technically perimenopause because menopause is actually when the period stops for a year. Perimenopause is, could be five to 10 years prior to that. Um, so you're going through perimenopause, you're having all these shifts and changes. And because we have children at an older age on average, women are now having to manage children, teenagers sometimes who are also going through their own hormonal <laughs> shifts. And then oftentimes parents who are aging and need a lot of support. Um, and then you could throw a couple animals in there too, if you want. <laughs> but really, um, now you are literally burning the candle at both ends. You're taking care of children, you're taking care of your parents and your house and your work and whatever that may be. And you are toast. And so I feel like women now, um, and we don't live in communities the way we used to. Right. So we don't have as much support from other women. Um, than than we used to and younger women who could help schlep and the and the wiser women who could help with other things we just mm -hmm. we're more separated and so i feel like the symptoms of menopause feel worse feel stronger and more isolating and lonely and um it doesn't have to be that way yeah yeah i, I think there's a so I think that's why it's so important that you've created sort of this, this group. I'm, I'm all about group, uh, group interaction, group dynamics. I think there's, there's so, so much that a group can serve that a one-on-one -on -one relationship just can't. Right. Um, because of all of the things that you spoke to and, and mentioned just now, and also just being willing to name and talk about certain things that brings it out of this like shame place of I'm the only one experiencing this. There's something wrong with me. Um, yeah. Well, and there's so much more going on than just like vaginal dryness, which is just part of it, you know, but that's what nobody wants to talk about. It's like, well, wait a minute, your bones are, are take a hit. Your cardiovascular system takes a hit. Now, all of a sudden, those five, five pounds that you gained over Christmas, you can't get rid of them. And, and now another year has come, so another five pounds. And, you know, so there is more going on here than just sex. But that is a big part of it also because it's identity and how, how can I stay feminine when I don't really have curves anymore? Now I got bags. And, you know, what is, what is, how am I? Who am I? Yeah, and I mean, I think it really begs the, the question of like, what is feminine truly? Right. You know, yeah. if, we, if we take it outside of just the physical realm, how do we, I mean, I, I've, I've only met you briefly, but I, I would say that you're, you're still quite a knockout of a woman and you, you know, you really, you really do embody this feminine grace, um, well, thank and, you. and dignity quite beautifully. And so, you know, 
and it's interesting because you you're you're a, an ND and you're a nurse, and so you have you have this sort of medical background and also the you know herbal knowledge of of how to support the physical body, but there's also this really key emotional component that the hormones can also affect. And I'd love to talk more about that a little bit. I think sometimes yeah. people don't even realize how much their hormones are having an effect on their emotional and even spiritual life. Um, and I would just, mm -hmm. I would just love to hear, you know, your expertise in that area, speak to that a little bit and maybe even what, what women going through this transition, if there's some practical things that they can do to really to support that transition, not just on an emotional level, but on a physical level as well, how they can make it easier for themselves. Whoop, did we lose you? There we are. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I think the keystone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I went over. I went over there, and then I came back. <laughs> um, the, I think the keystone for women who are going through the transition um, uh, is is sleep is sleep is key. Um, the irritability is less when when you have a, a foundation of sleep, and um, your cortisol levels, your stress hormone levels, are going to be more stable when you have sleep on board. Um, cortisol and estrogen are closely linked to insulin and, and um, the metabolic picture. And then there's always the thyroid involved there too. Um, if I, the first thing I work on with a woman to help her deal is, is sleep. And a lot of menopausal women, perimenopausal women have a hard time either getting to sleep or staying asleep or the hot flashes disrupt their sleep. Um, there's things that you can do to, to mollify those hot flashes. You know, something as simple as, you know, don't alcohol can really aggravate it. Caffeine can aggravate it. Simple carbohydrates can make the hot flashes more intense. But sometimes there is a time and a place for hormonal treatment as well. And that's something that, um, you know, that takes some investigation and a, a health history and, and also wishes. A lot of women don't want it take any hormones of any kinds. There's a lot of phytohormones out there, plants that can be supportive to the estrogen progesterone, um, but aren't hormones, you know, and, and flaxseed um, is a really nice one. And I tell people to grind up flaxseed and, and take two tablespoons of flax, ground flax in, in something, you know, either yogurt or um, you can put it on oatmeal. There's different ways to eat it. And, every day and that can be supportive there's a seed cycle where you eat certain seeds during the month and that can help stabilize a, um, a hormonal pattern that's kind of wonky um or if you're still cycling and still menstruating but it's irregular um you can stabilize that with the different seed cycle and that really has to do with different um the oils that are in these different seeds I've um, heard of this before. Can you share what that is? Because I can't remember. I always forget like which ones you're supposed to eat at which part of the cycle, but I'm fascinated by, by this seed cycling. Okay, so the first half of the cycle, let's say that you're menstruating. So the first day of your bleed until you ovulate. And if you don't know when that is, then that's a whole other worksheet, but we can talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> and then, so that's a tablespoon of pumpkin and a tablespoon of flax, and both of these seeds are ground. And um, 
then I usually add like a gram of fish oil. I don't recommend that you mix the oils with the seeds. It gets really gross. I mean, it's nasty. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a thousand milligrams of omega-3s is usually two capsules of your basic over-the-counter fish oil. Um, and then you, after ovulation, then you go into the second cycle, which is going to be sesame and sunflower seeds. Those are two S's, which spells the word second, second half. Sesame and sunflower, you grind them up, and then you have um, uh, evening primrose oil, or um, or the the fatty acid that's in evening primrose oil is called ganolinolactic acid (GLA), and you want to take about 130 milligrams of that ish afterwards, on the, on during when you're taking those seeds, and that second half is very supportive of that cycle. Um, if you don't have a cycle, you're not menstruating anymore, you can still rotate these seeds because your body still makes estrogen. and It's just in much smaller doses, and it's a different flavor of estrogen. Our, body makes more than, our bodies make more than one kind of estrogen. So, and so, yep. I'm curious about that because it's, you know, my understanding is that even, even if we're not menstruating anymore, we are still having some kind of a, of a cycle. And, and I'm curious if you can speak to that a little bit. And like, if you ever work with that with women, because I know for, for a lot of women, even, even however you might feel about your menstrual cycle, there is sort of a, it's like a grounding place. It's something that you know is coming, something that's, that's just like been a part of your life since you were, you know, 12 to 16 years old, or sometimes as early as nine. And so that to then not have that, I can imagine that it, it's almost, there's, it's like, where, where do I find like a reset? Point? Right. Right. Um, right. So I usually tell people to use the, the moon as a, as a way to guide them to a cycle. Um, and I like love that. the new moon is the, the day that, if, if you were to have your day one is the day that you start your period, start bleeding. So that's the new moon. You could choose whatever you want, but that's where I put it. And the, and then at the full moon, you would switch your seeds. I love that. That's really beautiful and really speaks to me and my, just my own understanding and connection to the moon and as women, our cycles and the water and how, how connected we really are to these right. natural rhythms that we have created a, a culture and a lifestyle that takes us really away from, but we can't, can't escape that there is a connection there. So that I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. There's some, um, there's some cool images out there, um, drawings and whatnot that people have done, uh, that are very beautiful and, and I like it. Yeah, it's good. And it gives you a cycle because you don't always have a cycle. And, and, you know, you know that not everybody has a 28 day cycle either. Right. And, and there are times where I've had to switch the seeds um, to the other direction. If there was something going on with the, the, for example, if there's too much estrogen on board, which can sometimes happen with different conditions, or if there's polycystic ovarian syndrome that can shift things a bit too. Um, but it does take, you know, three months at least three cycles before you're going to start using it. I start feeling it. I use this for women who are menstruating, who have a lot of bad PMS um, or a lot of, you know, a lot of symptoms of irritability or anger or depression or weepiness. And they're just out of sorts. 
oftentimes right before the period, but sometimes during ovulation as well. And this can really help stabilize that. In I, the in the menopausal woman, it's similar. Um, it's similar, but less dramatic, but very stabilizing. Um, similar but less dramatic in their in the symptoms that they experience, or in the effect that the seeds has with them. Because the the hormones that your body still makes are less, um, it it's less of a. Hmm, I don't want to say less of an impact because it's still very grounding in other ways. Um, the predictability is maybe a better way to look at it mm -hmm. because when you're postmenopausal or, or perimenopausal, you don't know when your period's coming. And when it comes, you might, you might just be bleeding like crazy. Um, and then another time you'll just have a couple drops. So the, the seed cycle can help stabilize that and make it a little more predictable, but you still are going through the process, right? You know, you, you are still, um, at, uh, that grief picture, you're no longer fertile, you know, you can't make babies anymore. And a lot of people really, um, that's a big piece for a lot of women, yeah. um, is to lose that superpower, you know, right. um, I, I, you know, I could make stuff and now I can't. And, and, and that's, that's a huge piece there. And so that's one of the first things I talk with ladies about is, is like, what is your menopause mean to you? What does this mean to you? What are you losing? And after we talk about that, then we talk about what are you gaining? Mm. So what are some of the things that you're gaining in that process? Well, and I think that depends on who you are, of course. For me, um, the independence of, well, so for some women, the loss of fertility is a big deal, but then also the fact that you don't have to worry about getting pregnant. And I don't know if that's so much of a thing now than it was say 20 years ago, because birth control is so much more tolerated and easier to do and more affordable. You know, there's a, there's a lot more ways that women can control their fertility now than in the past. However, True. however, that's still, you know, even when you're using all those measures, none of them are proven to be 100% effective. And so, exactly. You know, and some women just cannot use any form of birth control. It just messes them up so much. Right. And those are the women who are like, oh, thank God I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's liberating. That's very liberating there. Um, the other piece is to know that, that, you know, I'm not, I'm at a place right now where my children are in their teens mm -hmm. and I'm now getting, you know, like, yeah, I can, I can do more hours of what I want to do. Um, I still need to be around certainly uh, <laughs> because teenagers need you to be around, Teenage boys, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, and, and you know, they need assistance with b basic hygiene, but uh, all in all, <laughs> Um, I have a little more time to work on my work, you know, the capital W work mm -hmm. that I do. Um, yeah. So, the, so that's part of, of what you gain with wisdom and with, with mature maturity, you know, you, you, you get to be a grown up. The other thing is, and this is from, Oh, I can't remember what movie it was. Oh, where she, um, this older woman, she's in a parking lot and this young, young, nubile, little young woman 
gives her a hard time and she rams her with her car and she <laughs> says, I have better insurance than you. You know, I mean, and that was like, you know, I'm a grown up and you're just this little thing. And I thought that was really hilarious. Um, Cause that is part of it too, is like, Oh, you don't need to Lord it over people, but you have wisdom you yeah. have, and you get to lean on that and you get to, to rely on the fact that, um, I may be really hormonal and, and irritable, but I also know how how to get along in this world. I think there's that like that is such an important piece, and I something that I've noticed is that our culture is really set up and designed to sort of praise youth, right? And right. and that there's like youth trumps everything, and younger people are sort of at the top of the food chain, if you will, yeah. in our culture. And I think that it's such a sad thing because we're really, there is a wisdom that you gain through greater life experience. And it would behoove younger people to acknowledge that and to be willing to listen to it. And I feel so, so blessed and fortunate to have spent, you know, from the age of 19 onward working in different um, indigenous spiritual communities and and really coming into interaction with that honoring the elders mentality and philosophy and it's it has served me so tremendously in my journey because I learned pretty young in my adult in my young adult life that that elders do carry wisdom and that it is important to listen to them and it's not necessarily it doesn't mean that they're always right and it doesn't mean that they're also not still growing and making mistakes, but that they've walked more, they've walked further ahead. And so they have something to share about that. And I, I just, I really, I think that's so important to remember. I was, when I was first starting the, this process of the menopause and feeling kind of out of my mind, because I, I did have a lot of the, the anxiety and the panic attacks that came with the, the hot flashes. And somebody, and I was just really fussing about my oldest um, son who was just going into teen years himself. And, and this person said to me, adolescent boys are as hormonal as a menopausal woman. <laughs> so cut him some slack, she said. And, and, and you know, uh, that was kind of um, a realization to me, like we're all growing and changing. And it's unfortunate when it all happens at the same time, but at this, now I have a little more compassion for him. Mm -hmm. um, and he's just not a bonehead. He's just going through some stuff. And I have the benefit of, you know, decades of knowing how I'm supposed to behave. Right. Even if I don't want to, or I'm irritable, but he doesn't have that. And, you know, he, he, he just, he's just acting out because he doesn't know what else to do. And so my job is to be compassionate and to teach him. This is what we do when we really want to strangle somebody, but we can't because <laughs> that's not recommended, you know, so. Culturally yeah. grounded upon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I, I've actually gained more compassion for these, these young people when before I think I would have been um, just envious and, and, frustrated and now it's like no 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 we're all going through something we're all processing and we're all we're all most of us are doing the best we can yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. 
Yeah. So I want to talk about sex for a little bit oh, here right. and how how menopause affects our sexual life and sort of yeah, I just I want to hear more about that because I've I've heard from from some women that sex gets better and it maybe part of it is just that you don't have to worry about getting pregnant anymore and so you 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 feel less inhibited in certain areas and timing, but I, I'm just, I'm really curious about that. Obviously, because I run a show called Sex, Love, and Superpowers. That's right. But, <laughs> but I think um, what I think for the women who who feel like sex is better, I think a lot of it for them is they know what they want mm-hmm. and they know what they like, and they're at a point now where like. I can get this myself or you can help me and let's, you know, it's more fun with more people, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, and I think that that level of confidence and that's where, uh, you know, a a mature woman who's got, you know, crinkly eyes from smiling and has a, you know, a good attitude and she's very sexy because she's confident and she knows what she wants. And, you know, I think that's a big part of it for, for women um, who embrace it and it's like, bring it on. I, I, I know what I like. And so I think that that's, that's very attractive. Um, the, the other thing I think too is, is the, you're liberated from stigmas. You're liberated because you, because you know what you want and you've been around the block and you don't, you don't have to worry so much because you have, you know, yourself. Um, and frankly, the other thing too is like, there might not be anybody in the house except you and your partner. <laughs> and that gives you a lot of freedom. <laughs> you know, whereas, you know, two years ago, you maybe, maybe you had kids in the house, maybe not, you know, not everybody has children, right. but that certainly um, impacts your freedom to have a quickie or be spontaneous. And it's harder to be spontaneous when you're a little bit drier and all, you know, the furnace isn't burning quite as hot. And so you need to take more time. Mm. Some women really suffer with with sex because intercourse is just no it's painful. Right. And that's where, you know, there's you know, there's there's things that you can do, you know, vitamin E and coconut oil suppositories. You know, something really simple like that can make all the difference. And um, you know, taking your time. And also men really suffer at this time because a lot of them they're not able to do what they used to be able to do either. And you know, erectile dysfunction can be such an issue in a marriage and it can totally really make things very frustrating and, and disappointment, frustration, you know, men really suffer too. And they don't, they don't typically get to communicate the way women do. They Mm -hmm. just, just not okay. And, and I think men are nowadays, the newer generations are being, I have a little more freedom there, but not, not as much as women you know, and that's, that's not fair. That's a disservice to our men. Um, but, but I think that the women that feel that sex is better, I, it may not be because of mechanical, physical reasons. I think a lot of it has to do with their confidence and their, their sense of self. Well, I mean, it, it seems to me like, you know, friend, just circling back to the beginning of this conversation, a lot of menopause, I mean, there, there is the physical mechanical aspects and, but it, you know, the pieces that you're really working with, with women are the sense of self and, and the self-esteem and the confidence and, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, right? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like it, I mean, of course, can catalyze difficulties in that when, it, especially when it first starts to happen. Right. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and I love hearing it from, from you because, because you are trained in, in more the medical modalities to hear from someone who's coming from that background to really say like, look, there's like way more going on here than just what's happening on the physical level. And let's talk about it and let's create something to support that process. I think is just really beautiful. And I, I honor you and thank you for, for stepping up and, and doing that and creating a space for other women to be, to be held in that journey. Well, we're not alone and we're all going to go through it at some point. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's the other thing too, is like, this is not a disease. This is, this is part of life. This is, you're moving into a whole, it's not a new chapter in your life. It's a whole new book. Mm. You know? And, and, you know, 90 is old now. Right. <laughs> right. I got a lot of life left in me. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And the rest of the program, the rest of the project, um, you know, I talk about bone health. I talk about heart health, um, metabolic and how, you know, um, uh, different forms of way to eat, different ways to exercise to help with the process. You know, and exercise is a huge helper with insomnia and it helps kind of stabilize the blood sugar, stabilizes the hot flashes. It can be um, very helpful there. Intermittent fasting, that's kind of the new black right now, but it's, it's definitely a, um, a tool that uh, can be helpful to some people. Um, and there's a lot of herbs out there. There's different ways to eat. There's, there's a lot that can be done um, away from the prescription pad that can support a woman going through the process. Um, and to know that, that there's, um, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I just find it so hilarious that I was traveling with my mother-in-law and she's a very vital 72 year old woman. She's going to live forever. She, um, she and I both have this salt and pepper hair and wavy and short. We both kind of wear it the same way. And we were somewhere in New York, I think at a train station and there were two or three young women, young, young, early college, and their hair was dyed gray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've been seeing that more and more now. And I was cracking me up. And she said, well, clearly, clearly we are the fashionistas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I just find it fascinating. So I, I might put some purple in there just, you know. It's just for fun. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Dr. Willette, so much for taking time out of your day to come onto the show and share your wisdom with our listeners. Um, really encourage people, especially if you're in Western Massachusetts, to, um, to check her out. Uh, will you tell everybody again where they can learn more about you and about Project Menopause? Um, my website, goodsensehealthcare.com. And it's, um, you can contact me directly through that if you have questions. Sometimes it's helpful to, to have a short conversation to see if, if I can be of service. Um, and then uh, when the next project, menopause, will be going. Because right now there's one in process. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we'll set up some more. Beautiful. So thank you so much. And thank you to all of our listeners. I hope that this was valuable. I'm sure it was valuable, whether you choose to receive the value or not is up to you, but I hope that you do. And I love you so much. And I thank you for showing up to this show again and again. Um, it wouldn't really exist without you. So thank you. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. 
Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.